You know, I, I am enjoying the uh, pleasures of being a dad. My daughter started driving. She has her permit. And, you know, we started, I started taking her out, started in a parking lot. And um, we've uh, progressed onto 25 mile an hour roads. So let's give her a hand for that. And then, and then I got bold enough to take her to 35 miles an hour, and, and she did great with that. And then I even got her to take me to the mall to get my own new Father's Day shirt. So, you know, I'm happy about that. You know, and, and driving typically is a dad thing. I've been talking to a lot of people, and they say, you know, that, that you know, the moms say, you know, I'm, I'm not teaching her how to drive. Or I'm not teaching him how you are taking him. And that's kind of the response that I've been getting. And so in honor of Father's Day, I made a small list of things to illustrate the differences between dads and moms. For example, when you get a boo-boo, your mom will kiss your boo-boo, but your dad just tells you to rub some mud on it. <laughs> Moms tell you, oh, come here and give me a hug. And dads will say, come here and pull my finger. <laughs> Moms color their hair. Dads just lose theirs. <laughs> now, this is a good one. Moms will console you after a spanking, right? They're going, oh, there, there, it's okay. Dads do it before. You know, they're like, you know, this is going to hurt me more than it hurts you. <laughs> when a crisis happens, moms say, oh, boy, what do your dad hears about this? Dads say, you know what, we better not tell your mom about this. (laughs) When moms take you to get a haircut, you go to the mall, you get a shampoo, cut, blow dry, you walk out of there looking like Justin Bieber. When dads take you, you go to Mike the Barber and you walk out of there looking like G.I. Joe. (laughs) When mom wakes you up in the morning, the word sweetie is usually, you know, present. Sweetie, it's time to get up. With dads, you hear the word knucklehead. (laughs) And the last one I have, well, when moms make your lunch for school, usually all four food groups are in there. When dad makes it, you get a beef jerky, a ho-ho, and a Coke. (laughs) You know, I believe God is going to do some great things today. So before we start, I'm going to go ahead and pray. So, Father, we thank you for the opportunity to be with you on such a great day. God, I thank you for all the dads and, and God, I thank you for all the moms, the moms do, that also serve as dads as well, whether their husbands are out or they're just a single parent. So, Father, we thank you for our time together. I ask you, God, that you would just penetrate our hearts. Let us leave a little different, a little closer to you today. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, the title of today's message, and I'm not really big into titling something, but for the sake of Father's Day, I thought I would— title today is Our Relationship with God the Father. And I found something very interesting when I looked up the word relationship. The first part of that word is from the Latin relationem, which means to restore or bring back. And that makes a lot of sense because if you look in the third chapter of your Bible, you'll find that the enemy was successful in helping separate us from God. And since then, God has been offering relationship to us to restore and bring back the way that he intended things to be. Amen? So what did God actually intend? Well, when I see that, you know, I I, I see that when God made us, he made us to be in relation with him. And when he created Adam... 
he actually brought Adam to a place where he was naming all the animals. So can you just imagine that picture where God and Adam, they're sitting out in the garden and they're, they're sitting out on the eastern side by the Pishon River, drinking paradise smoothies and getting ready to name all the animals. And, that, you know, that's how I see God. Because when he wants relationship with me, he'll make it comfortable for me and he'll put me in places that are kind of fun. And so Adam and, and God is just sitting back and they're, they're just watching all these animals come up and, and, and Adam's naming all the animals. And, and, and I just think that God looked on him with wonder. You know, did you ever see, see a child that just discovers something and they're like, oh, wow. And that, that enjoyment that you get watching that, and I think God enjoyed that. Now, he's bringing all these animals and, you know, Adam's, Adam's naming them all. He's like, oh, that's, that's going to be a lion and, you know, that's going to be a bear. And just imagine God brings out this big elephant. And this elephant comes, and Adam just standing there going, whoa, God, he's awesome. Can I pet him? And so Adam walks up, and he just touches his trunk, and the, and the elephant kind of wraps his trunk all around his body and gently lifts him off the ground. And Adam's like, whoa. And he puts him down. And he's like, elephant, he's awesome. And they continue doing that. And the next thing you know, God brings out this little bird. And, he, and Adam's looking at this little bird, and God's like, what are you going to call him, Adam? And Adam's like, hey, sounds like he's humming. And he lets him go. That's hummingbird. And that's how I see God interacting with us. You know, it's just, a, it's a relational thing. So they get done naming all the animals, and God notices that Adam has nobody there with him. It's just him and God. And he goes, you know what? We need to make someone for you. We need to get you a helper. And so God puts Adam to sleep, pulls out one of his ribs, and when he wakes up, he finds this beautiful, amazing girl. And that's kind of how I feel when I wake up in the morning. I have this beautiful, amazing girl. Yeah, I know that's shameless, but hey, I'm up here. I got to give props for props I do, right? <laughs> you know, the Bible says that those who find wife find favor from the Lord. Anybody else in here favored? Amen. Yeah, come on. Let's, let's, I didn't see any hands go up. Anybody else in here favor? Come on. So Adam and Eve are there, and they're just in the garden. And, and God comes, and, and he just walks with them on a daily basis. The Bible says that in the cool of the day, he comes to spend time with them. And, and to me, that just paints a great picture of like, at the end of the day, they've worked all day, they've, they've been in the garden, they've been working the garden, and in the cool of the day, when the day is just about to be over, God just shows up and starts walking with them. And to me, that is a great picture of family, being in relationship with God, and having that, that sense of family, amen? And don't, don't we all really want that? Is that? Isn't that what's in our hearts? So there's no doubt that God wants relationship with us. And I believe that we want to have it with him as well. So why is it that so many people struggle with having that relationship with God? You know, that real, that tangible, that intimacy with God. 
Because sometimes we struggle with that, even in our Christian walk. And I asked God about this. And his response was so simple, but it was so profound to me. He said, son, the reason that people struggle with their relationship with me is because they only see me as God and not as their father. And I related to that so quickly because, you know, many of us see God and, and you know, he's a busy man. I mean, he's, he's got things to do. He's out there running the whole universe. And, and he does God things. Like he's out there answering prayers and he's healing people. He's just being God. But in the cool of the day, when he's done being God, he just wants to come and be with us. And my daughters are a great example of that because they see me making decisions in life, like, you know, paying the mortgage and going to work, and they see me doing all these things. But at the end of the day, I'm just dad. And they can't wait for me to come and tuck them in and pray with them at night. In fact, I get in trouble if I don't. Dad, you coming to pray with me? Because I'll get up on my, my iPad and I'll be playing Angry Birds or something, which I got an Angry Birds t-shirt. I am so happy for that. I almost wore it, but I thought, no, I'm going to go ahead and wear my dad's t-shirt. But I'll get distracted and they'll come to me and, and they'll say, you know, you're going to put that game down so you can come and pray with me? And, and that's the time that we are in just that intimacy, that, that relationship, and that's how God wants it with us. When we start to see and we start to discover God as Father, our whole world will change. We start to notice the dad-like things that God really does after he's done being God. And I say dad-like because there was a, I'll tell you a personal story real quick. Um, I was getting ready for work one day, and in the morning when you're getting ready for work, you are hustling and bustling, especially if you're running late. You, know, you have your coffee, you get dressed, make sure your hair looks good, and you got your tie on straight. And, and I've, I've got all my things, and I stacked them right by the door, and I'm getting ready to leave. And I said, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of ahead of the game here a little bit. I'm going to spend some time with God. So I, I put my, my stereo on, and I just, you know, when I'm, I'm just standing there, and I'm starting to listen to the music. And... You know, when you're rushing around, you're just in that mode of rushing, but then you have to take a minute to slow yourself down. So I'm just standing there like, kind of like an athlete, you know, I'm loosening up my neck, you know, I'm getting ready to worship like it's big, you know, um, big exercise here. And I'm just standing there and I'm nice and quiet. And I'm like, thank you, Father. And the music's still going and I'm just trying to wind down and let myself get into that mode of worship. And I'm like, thank you, Daddy. Thank you, Father. And as soon as I said father again, he's like, you know what? I like that daddy thing. I'd like you to call me that all the time. And tears just streamed. I mean, I couldn't stop. I mean, I cried all the way to work that day. I mean, I'm in my car going, daddy, call me daddy. And it, and it was so cool to me because God, being God and all that he does, comes down just to be with me. And he wants me to call him daddy. Oh, that's so cool to me. And there's other dad, other dad things that he does. Like, he'll give you confidence. So I, I told my, uh, my family, who, who's, hey, Tone, you wave, wave to everybody. Come on, man, wave your hand. He ain't waving. There you go. I won't get to beat up on you too bad today. But there is a story that I have to tell you where God gave us confidence 
through father. When we were little, we lived in this old house out in Back Bay, and we called it the farmhouse because it was kind of like an old farm, and we didn't farm it, but it was, had a barn out there and a field out in the back, and, and it was kind of spooky at night because back then in Back Bay, I mean, this was probably the 70s, early 70s, there's not a lot of street lights out there, it's, and, and you're getting back to where the water meets the land, you know, so it's kind of a spooky house anyway, and we had had some things happen in our house, like somebody blew up our mailbox one time, and somebody shot a bullet, came through the, the top of the, uh, you know, the top of the doorway there, and did we ever get rid of that? Did we ever remove that, or is it still there probably? You don't know. Okay, so anyway, so we had all that happen, and um, one particular night, my mom and dad, they were working at the Back Bay Marina. They were picking up some extra money. And I start going upstairs, and I hear this noise up there. Now, I'm six years old at the time, and I come running downstairs, Tony, Tony. Everybody's looking at me like, what happened? I say, there's someone upstairs. I swear there's someone upstairs. And I mean, I'm literally crying. I'm six years old. It was a lot cuter then for me to run through the house like that than it is now. But just bear with me for the sake of the story. So Tony is probably, okay, I was six, I'll do the math, I won't tell anybody how old you are, but he was about six years older than me. So Tony, he's like, he's watching us, and he's the man of the house for that night, and he's, I'm, I'm going up there, man, and he starts going up the steps, and he gets halfway up there, and he's like, somebody really is up there, <laughs> and he comes down, and we're all freaking out, I mean, seriously, because we really thought, after everything that had happened in that house, that somebody was there. Somebody had to be upstairs. So we get on the phone, and, you know, when you answer the phone at the marina, it was pretty loud in there, and Tony's going, there's somebody in the house. Somebody's in the house. Please go home, Dad. Dad, go home. A few minutes later, Dad comes walking in the door, and, you know, Dad, when Dad's around, you don't mess with nobody. Dad, Dad's not going to let nobody mess with you, right? So Dad comes in, grabs his shotgun, and in Dad-like fashion, Holds it with one hand, click, click, clicks the shell in there, and he starts walking up the steps, and he's up them steps. And, and we're all standing back there going, you be careful, Dad. Just be careful up there. Next thing we know, Dad comes stomping down the steps with this windbreaker in his hand, which had been laying on top of a turntable, and it sounded, made this, no, this noise like somebody was upstairs. And he's like, this is what y'all afraid of. And he's mad because he had to leave work. He probably missed some tips. I'm, I'm sorry, Dad. I'll, I'll make it up to you later with your gift for Father's Day, I promise. And so the point of that story was that, you know, we were frightened and scared for real. We seriously thought somebody was in there. But when dad came home, our confidence level just was like this. And after dad left and we knew that there was nobody in the house, I mean, I was walking around like a six-year-old ninja. I mean, he's like, (laughs) again, that was cuter when I was six. So I'm sorry about that. So dads give you confidence. Also, when you know God is daddy, you'll know who you are. God made us in his own image. He said, let us make man in our own image. We look like him. Let that sink in. We look like God. And so as he made us in his own image, he made us for a purpose. He gave us our identity. And, you know, some people struggle with their identity because they they just don't have that intimate relationship. I know Christians who struggle with their identity. I personally struggle with my identity. 
before I knew God as Father. Because, because when you don't know God as Father, when you know God as God, that's who he is. He's all-powerful, all-knowing, creator of the universe. But when you step into that other relationship with him, he will validate you. He lets you know your purpose. He makes this area complete. So complete. And I have to say this too. I, d- I didn't know where this was going to come up, but now's the time. All of you parents and all of you children, okay, this is pretty much everybody. Our natural parents were never meant to fill the holes that only God can fill. There are places deep inside of here that can only be caressed by God the Father. I can't say it any other way. When I discovered that, oh my gosh, that was like one of the best days of my whole life. Because even if you have perfect parents, and you know, my dad's sitting here, he'll tell you he wasn't perfect. I'm not perfect. My kids will tell you that I'm not perfect. But at the end of the day, we had that connection. But I was never meant to fill up these girls with the things that only God can give them. And I encourage them all the time. Pray on your own. Get to a place where you're praying for yourself and you're praying for the things. You ask God. Yes, I'm here for you. I'll pray for you. I'll be with you. But you ask God yourself because he hears you too. And as they get older, they get a little bit more confident, a little bit more comfortable in that. And I think that's the most awesome thing when we can discover that, that closeness and we know who we are and we can walk into that throne room right before God and know that he sees us as a son or a daughter. Hope you can come on back. Along with your identity, you will truly understand how much God really, really loves you you'll discover that you belong. You'll discover that you are not an accident. You're on purpose. The Bible says that before I named you, or before you, when you were, when you were in your mother's womb, I knew your name. So God had, had looked far, far ahead to know that you were coming. So you're not an accident, you're on purpose. And God wants you to have the big life. He's waiting for you to discover that big life that you can have in him and with him. He wants you to have that relationship that's full and that's alive and that's real. And when you talk about God to other people, you're not just relating God as the creator of the universe. You're talking to God like, man, me and God are, well, he's my dad. He's my heavenly dad. I love my real dad. He's cool too. But God is my heavenly father, the God of the universe, just just me and him. You're going to discover that. You'll be able to share that. And you yourself that have all of these things inside of you that don't know, am am I called for a purpose? Was I a mistake? You'll know that none of that's true. You'll know that you were on purpose.
He makes all of this possible through his son, Jesus Christ. I'm gonna ask you a question. Would you like to know God as father? Because I can tell you from personal experience, it is, it's life. It's what gets me up in the morning. Do I have challenges? Mm-hmm. But Jesus said, don't worry about the day because the day have enough trouble of its own. So if I'm gonna have trouble anyway, I might as well have a father that I can run to. I might as well have a father who, I, who understands what I'm going through and is saying, you know what? I know you're challenged right now, but I'm right here and you can do this. You can make it today and tomorrow. And that thing you're worried about, don't worry about it. I've got that. I've got that. And when you have that close, intimate relationship with God, your Father, that penetrates right here. And you just have peace. It's like, yeah, I'm challenged, but you know what? God's got me. God's got me. So I want to take a minute, and if everybody would just bow your heads, please. No one's looking around. Everybody's going to respect your privacy. And I believe that there are some here today that have never made the decision to invite Jesus Christ to be a part of your life so that you could have that intimate relationship with God. You've been to church. You know about church. You, you, you know about God but you have never stepped out and, and just sold out and just tried a relationship with the only person that says, I will never leave you and I will never forsake you. And if you want to do that today, today would be the best day to do it because God is here right now and he's flying around your heart and things are flying through your head and you're like, God, are you really like that? Are you really that guy that would sit by Adam and, and sit and wonder just to look at him? Yes, he is that guy. He is that father. So today, if you've never made that decision and you want to do that today, I'm going to ask you to just slip your hand up while nobody's looking. I see your hand. Right now, some of you, your hands feel like they weigh 800 pounds. <laughs> and your hand is like, I, I want to put it up, but I, don't, I just can't do it. Come on. Let go of that weight that's in your hand. Let go of what that familiar thing is. And just let your hand rise up. Come on. Okay, we're going to pray a prayer. I just want you to repeat after me, okay? Heavenly Father, I thank you that you have made a way for me to be close to you. I confess with my mouth and I believe in my heart that you sent your son to die for me so that you and I can have that relationship. And I thank you for being there. In Jesus' name, amen.
Amen. Let's give God a hand praise. Now, if you prayed that prayer, we would really love you to be uh, to let someone know because we want to help you in the next step in making that decision. Everyone in here will tell you that has already raised their hand at some point will tell you that once you make that decision, it doesn't get any easier. I know that's encouraging to you, but it's just the way it is. You'll get more challenges than you ever thought you had. Because once you stand for something that's good and say, I'm taking control of my own life, then somebody's over there going, really? Okay, well, let's see how, let's just see how, how that goes. So you need help. So we want to help you. So we ask you to just get connected with somebody after service. You can come see me or Pastor Brian, and, and we'll help you and um, pray with you and give you a free gift. We have a free gift, right? Even if it's a writing pen, something we can give. Okay. There's one more prayer that God laid on my heart this week. You know, I've talked to a lot of people over the years, and Father's Day is kind of, it's, it's a tough holiday for some people. Um, for all different kind of reasons. Um, you know, some people had a great relationship with their dads and their dads have since passed away and, and they're missing them really awfully. And, and some people know who their dad is, but, but they don't know their dad. Some other people have, have said to me that, you know, they didn't have a great relationship with their dad and before they had a chance to make it right, you know, they, they went on to be with the Lord. And, you know, so any of those situations that you feel like you're in. I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand or come to the front. I'm going to ask a few of the elders, James and Mike and Warren and um, Brian, if, if you would just come up. They're going to be here if you want to come. But even if you don't come out of your seat, take a minute and ask God to touch that area. Ask him for peace. Ask him for healing because he will give that to you. That day that I stood there and God said, I want you to call me daddy. And I, I just, just tears was the most healing day I've ever had as a Christian. It was the most healing day I ever experienced. And so because I know that, I know that if you take that step, if you just say, you know, I don't know what's going to happen if I let go of this. I don't know if I want to let go of this. But God promises that if you do, you'll find joy and you'll find peace and you'll find wholeness. So one more time, bow your heads. Father, you know what is in every heart, sitting in every chair. And God, I thank you that you have made it known that you care. I thank you that you have made it known that you desire to be with us. And God, right now, I ask you to come and bring healing. Come and fill the hurt. Come and fill that place that is so desperate, that hurts so bad, God. Fill that up in Jesus' mighty name. Hallelujah. Just fill that up, God, right now in Jesus' name. God, thank you for everything you did today. Thank you for everything that you're going to do. 
we just give you honor and glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let's give God a hand of praise.